0: Je suis ta maîtresse, t'es tout ce que je veux, t'es tout ce que j'ai voulu, t'es mon amour, de la tête aux fesses, et plus ça va, le plus.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And we're coming to you tonight on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Talkstar Radio Network. My guest this hour is Larry Falls, and Larry lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. He is a clinical sexologist and therapist working with homeless men and helping street prostitutes deal with personal issues. His website is whensexwasareligion.org. And Larry, welcome back to the Exxon. Great having you with us, sir.
2: Thank you very much. It's great being back.
1: Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself for the listeners who weren't with us the last time you were on our show.
2: Well, I am a clinical sexologist. I have a doctorate of uh, human sexuality. I spent over 30 years working in a mental health field, basically dealing with uh, mental illness and addictions. Uh, plus, I've had quite a number mm-hmm. of years working in treatment centers and being a director of uh, addictions and mental health.
1: Um. Working with street people uh, with homeless people and helping prostitutes deal with personal issues how does that how does that fit in and how does that work with being a um, you know a sexologist or a sex therapist?
2: Well, everybody is a sexual being right uh, and a lot of people, especially uh, homeless people and street prostitutes, mm-hmm. have concerns about their own sexuality most of them have been sexually abused one time or other they've had relationships that went wrong and they have low self-esteem when it comes to their own personal issues
1: you know what I uh, it seems that we the public and the other members of society are opening up their hearts for the first time and better understanding uh, you know, what makes the problem what it is? And and I think that people like yourself, Larry, have a lot to have, a, have, have done a lot in order to bring this problem to the forefront. So for that, my friend, uh, my hat is off to you.
2: Thank you. The uh, greatest problem is that uh, the subject itself, when you're looking at or speaking about human sexuality, mm-hmm. it's still somewhat of a taboo subject.
1: Why do you think that is, Larry?
2: Well, it began long before the Victorian area, but more or less the Victorian areas, uh, you know, stressed it more than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And we're all suffering from guilt and uh, frustration over the fact that we really don't have that much knowledge about human sexuality itself, so much as the stereotyping and the bad stuff.
1: Do you think that there should be more attention paid to, to teaching society about sex instead of, kind of keeping it at taboo?
2: Absolutely, because what happened is that because of the shame and guilt and the way we see human mm-hmm. sexuality, and because of the bad stories we hear on the radio and television about prostitution and sexual abuse and things of that nature and making women feel guilty if they have been sexually abused, the whole thing is basically hush-hush. And it's driven a wedge between knowledge and ignorance. And that's what we're dealing with even today. We're dealing with a lot of ignorance rather than sexual knowledge.
1: Is law enforcement working to better understand? And I, I used to be a cop, Larry. And when I used to see some members of of the force, how they would treat prostitutes instead of treating them like people, they were treated like dirt. And in my, I I never did because that's not the way I was raised, and that's not the kind of police officer I wanted to be. But, no, I
2: did. Go yeah, on, sorry. Sir. The the problem here is that. Um, Police officers are human beings like everybody else, and they do have a stereotype ingrained in them for the simple reason that we only see the bad things going on. And when it comes to the oppression of women, we're looking at the fact that if if you talk about sexuality or if a woman smiles at you, all of a sudden uh, they're considered to be, well, you know, they're bad girls. And it's that type of stereotyping that grows in the mind of most people and saying, well, women are supposed to be quiet and nice and things of that nature. Fortunately, it's growing now, but still there's a form of oppression, and there is still a stereotype of women trying to keep mm-hmm. them in their place and consider them uh, property rather than unique individuals with their own sexual rights.
1: You know, Larry, you gave the example about, you know, women smiling at men. And yet, I've seen men in public being pigs towards women, and, and that is accepted by society. For example, on a summer day, walk by any construction site if you're a young lady, and you're going to get cat calls, you're going to get cat whistles, and it's, and it's rather rude. And yet that's okay because it's the guys who are doing it. Why do we have this two-sided society going on?
2: It is very rude, and it continues on today for the simple reason that men think that they are superior to women. Women are looked at as objects, and it's ingrained from generation to generation. Chances are they've seen young boys have seen older men do it, and they think it's okay. They don't get their fingers slapped. They're not told that, hey, you're talking about other human beings. Mm-hmm. They see women as objects, and that's what the problem is.
1: That's rather rude. I think that society needs a good wake up call. But once again, thank you for the work that you're doing. And, uh, you know, I-, I think that society needs a lesson. And it's also nice to see society opening up their, ours, uh, their, their eyes and their hearts to when it comes to the mental health issues that are out there today.
2: Absolutely. It's great. It's greatly needed. We Mm -hmm. need more information. We need more knowledge and more education and greater understanding. It seems to be getting worse to a certain extent because of new people moving into the country and they bring their own attitudes along with them. And that contributes to the negative aspect of human sexuality as well.
1: Um, Tell us about your book, Larry.
2: My book is about human sexuality itself, and I, I, think, I see it as a form of the origin of religion based on, well, I call it uh, sex worship, but really it's phallicism or nature worship, where it's really important to realize mm-hmm. that in the early days of humanity, long before Christianity, humanity depended on nature, nature worship. Right. And reproduction was very important at that particular time. Mm-hmm. They had no knowledge of anything else.
1: So this is where the entire uh, sexual revolution started because we needed to 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 multiply yeah. in our species.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I I wouldn't say sexual revolution so much as uh, I would say a religious revolution. Okay because the earliest the gods uh, were represented
1: by very, various. Larry, are you there?
2: That, so.
0: Okay, there you are.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, how does the Bible fit into this? If, it's, if religion is involved yeah. and the Bible is the number one selling book of all time, how can we relate yes. to what we're talking about when we look at the Bible? And let's take Christianity for example.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah. Now, when you're looking at Christianity, Christianity is only a little over two thousand years old. Right. Uh, pr- prior to that, there was uh, nature worship. There were the Greek gods as well, mm-hmm. and. All kinds of idol worship, and not only the Greeks, but all over the world, different cultures had their own different religions, all based on a, a creator of some sort. As a matter of fact, when you're looking at uh, First Nations even today, we can learn a lot from their belief in their religion, because that's basically where the origin of religion came back, came to, from to a certain extent. But when you're looking at Christianity, you're looking at a need for a transition from phallic worship to a worship of a god, uh, worship of a male god, I should say. All right, Larry, please uh, stand
1: by. We've got to hold that thought. I need to take a commercial break. And Nation, Larry Falls is my special guest. Visit www.whensexwasareligion.org. And Larry and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
0: C'est tout ce que j'ai voulu C'est mon amour De la tête aux fesses Et plus ça va
1: Welcome back, everyone. Larry Falls is our very special guest, and uh, we're talking to Larry, who is a sexologist and therapist. He lives and works in Vancouver, British Columbia, a beautiful part of Canada, and his website is whensexwasareligion.org. That's www.whensexwasareligion.org. And Larry, like I was saying during the break, I didn't mean to cut you off, but our commercials are hard, so uh, let's Continue uh, when it comes to, you know, the Bible, yeah. Christianity, and sex.
2: Right. Um, it, it, it's interesting because you're, you know, I don't like pointing a finger at Christianity yeah. only because there are a number of religions and they all originate from the same origins. So we have to look at, go back in history and look at the our ancient ancestors, and how they survived on the earth. Because what we're looking at is human sexuality, as I keep stressing, mm-hmm. is responsible for the origin of religion. Evidence can be found in, in ancient literature looking at the evolution of uh, nature worship to modern-day religious beliefs. For example, when you look at the evidence of the connection between sex and religion, it can be found in all fertility cults, in all nations of the past. And an example of that again, and what happened was that when people ignore the fact that religion began with fertility cults, it leads to a great deal of problems among various religious groups. For example, ignoring the fact that sexual behavior as a root of religion, led to tragedy for the early Christians after a a useless attempt to maintain a gospel based on celibacy and discipline. Well, that did not work very well, because they discovered that sexual expression was repression, not expression, but they tried to repress sexual behavior, and it became dangerous because for example, bigamy and uh, monogamy is even better than denying human sexual sexuality altogether. The belief that sex was a hindrance, to spiritual achievement, led one of the um, emperors of Rome, Emperor Marcus Antonius in 217 AD. To renounce sex, he threw children to the beasts, in his temple,
0: hmm. just
2: proof that you really don't need sex in religion. As well, voluntary castration was encouraged among certain religious Christian groups. Self-castration was practiced among the origins, who existed several centuries ago, and their followers uh, between the year 185 to 253, a church father uh, Encourage the self-castration. As a matter of fact, some people um, volunteered themselves without even being told, because they thought sex was so evil. So when you look at how the impact of modern religious thought in those days Mm -hmm. influenced religion, you can see that, well, there's got to be a connection somewhere. Something's wrong somewhere. We would not be on this earth today if Catholicism was not practiced long before Christianity or any other modern belief.
1: So it was basically a part of evolution.
2: It was absolutely part of evolution, because evolution and reproduction mm-hmm. are part of one. Yeah, Without the one, you can't have the other.
1: Now your book is entitled um, when Sex was a Religion and uh, right. what was your why did you write this book what was your inspiration for writing your book
2: my inspiration was based on my uh, basic research my doctorate degree and I mm-hmm. got more interested in that and thinking about what am I going to write my dissertation on and I was very interested in religion and One day in uh, San Francisco, going through some used bookstores, I ran across a book written by George Riley Scott called Phallicism, and in that book he was explaining how phallicism was responsible or part of religious development in ancient days. And that led me to think about, well, you know, studying the Bible and Mm -hmm. things of that nature— uh, was it not God who created Adam and Eve, and that, is that where the human race began? But as I started thinking more and more and looking at ancient books and uh, censored uh, material, I began to realize that, you know, people has been on this earth before the introduction of Christianity. Yes. And it sort of perked my interest, and uh, from that then on, the more information I got, the more curious I got. And uh even to this day I'm I'm fascinated by uh religion and how the interpretation changes over time.
1: With all the changes in sexuality, you know, the transgenders, the opening up of the LGBT, uh how does this affect your your thinking as a sex therapist
0: well
2: it doesn't affect my it doesn't affect my thinking in regards to being negative because as I study more and more ancient history, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, issues around human sexuality that addresses the normalcy of a different gender uh People. You know, people are born with different sexual uh, desires right. and behavior and, you know, ambiguous uh, sexual development situations, and it's nothing new under the sun. As a matter of fact, when you look at uh, different genders, you're looking at how religion not only respected them, but they had their own religious practices at the time as well that's long gone. So again, I I have total respect for different sexual minorities realizing that at one time in history they were all respected and worshipped in one way or other. So
1: what was it that happened in history that it went from respect to disgust?
2: Well, The difference between ancient and modern ideas of morality has a lot to do with it. A major problem in dealing with attitudes toward at that particular time in history Mm -hmm. was the sex worship. Condemnation by the ministers of the gospel resulted in taboo.
1: Uh, As a
2: result, most researchers avoid the subject because of the taboo nature of the subject. Uh, and it's going to take time before we begin to realize that, you know, we're all different. We all have our own sexuality, right. and we really don't have a right to tell other people how to live if they are not harming anyone else.
1: But why do you think, when it comes to the religious leaders, that, that they wanted to take control yeah. and, and make one, you know, godly and the other a sin?
2: Yes, again, that depends on the attitude of of the ministers, of the of the holy uh, preachers and that, because not all of the priests and not all of the ministers have the same ideas. In fact, I think the uh, door is beginning to open to realize that we're all God's creatures. But when we're looking at the transition from phallicism to modern-day religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. we're looking at a part of of, uh, reality that's turned to mythology. And the myth that came with the uh, creation of modern-day religion is more of Uh, myth now than what it was in the past. Now what I mean by that is that one point and I think we've all heard of the goddesses, one point women were the the leaders of the world. Women were the goddesses. They had the ultimate power. People would worship the goddesses and what happened was that with the increase of the male population, the increase of humanity, over the continents, and that led to conflict in regards to overpopulation, the wanting of more power and control to oppress the women, take the authority away from the women, and let the men take charge. For example, women were the only ones who could reproduce no man is able to reproduce. The ancient people worshipped women as the goddesses because they saw things on the earth that Mm -hmm. reproduced themselves, trees reproduced themselves, wild animals produced themselves, and the primitive people would notice that for some weird reason, women could also reproduce themselves as well. and. They didn't understand the biology behind it because science wasn't in the those days, but they wanted more power. So with the increase of males and wars and conquest and that, they needed a leader who could influence them, and therefore it was important to have a male god take over from the. Continent. All right, we're going to
1: have to have a bit of a cliffhanger again, Larry. Please stand by. Exonation, Dr. Larry Fowles is our special guest. He's the author of a very interesting book, When Sex Was of Religion. I'm sorry, When Sex Was Religion. His website is whensexwasreligion.org. And we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. back. Larry Falls is our special guest this hour. He is the author of When Sex Was Religion. And the website is whensexwasreligion.org. Talking about the Bible, talking about the different religious philosophies, is one of the problems when it comes to sexuality as we understand it or how we look at it, how we perceive it, could that be because throughout the years... We have, and I'm talking about the human species, has evolved. But many of the philosophical beliefs and the way things are looked at in religion haven't.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So what do we do? How do we as members of society work to help change the the antiquated look, way that we look at love, the way that we look at sex and Get a better understanding, as, as you were kind enough to, to help get us to the conclusion that this is part of evolution. We need to have sex in order to evolve. We need to have sex in order to increase and maintain the population. There's nothing dirty. There's nothing nasty. It's not a sin. It's a fact of life. Absolutely. So uh, let me ask you this, Larry. How come you and I can understand this after talking just, what, a half hour together? And so many people out there, the light hasn't come on yet. How come?
2: Well, the light hasn't come on for the simple reason that a lot of people don't want to hear uh, something that they've been told that isn't true. A lot of people don't want to do any research or really listen to other opinions or to willing to learn new things. Hmm. One of the major barriers in understanding the connection between sexuality and religion is realizing that we are held hostage by our past social attitudes, and it seems to be continuing to this day. In order to understand the present, It is important to examine the past.
1: I agree with you 200 million percent on
2: that. Yeah. Uh, We are tied by a sexual and religious legacy passed on from generation to generation, and that's hard to break. Although recorded history goes back almost 5,000 years, only selective information is available— An example is shown in the role of women who once were religious leaders. With the change in gender roles and male domination, it was made clear that women were considered as property with sexual and reproductive value only, whereas men were free to have many sexual partners.
1: So So, uh, basically what we saw... Basically, yep. what we saw in the earlier days was women were basically puppy mills. Yes. How, yeah. did, you know, how, how wrong? you know and, and when I look back in history, Larry, I see that the strongest nations, the most prosperous nations, the nations where uh, knowledge abounded were all led by women. Yes. So looking yep. back in history and understanding this, would it not be advantageous to the egotistical males that are still in this world to say, you know what, they're equal. We've been treating women the wrong way for all these years. How can we make it up to them? How can we bring them to equality, not only in the workplace, but in every aspect of society?
2: Yes. This is the problem, and it's—I think—it's going to take a few generations before we really begin to realize that we're all equal. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think that the the attention that's being put on the the sex trade recently, and the number of arrests that have been made, and the number of high-profile cases that have been brought before the courts, is going to be? Uh, Acknowledged, and that these cases and the the crimes that are being committed and the number of people that are just being destroyed by this industry will help to bring us where we should be when it when when we look at sexuality
2: yes, I think when you look at prostitution, for example,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it was always. Um, I don't know, people tend to look at it as an evil thing or a bad thing or whatever, but we uh, really consider prostitution and look at it through the ages. It was white, always been widespread, and all forms of sexual indulgences were accepted as a fact of life. Um, when you look at the Jewish and Greek beliefs, they blend it men and women together in stages of Christianity along with attitudes towards sexuality. It's always been accepted. The new religion also had, unfortunately, had aversion to uh, gay people and bisexuals, where in the past it's always been uh, acceptable, as long as, again, as long as they're not hurting people. As a matter of fact, uh, heterosexuals are more dangerous than any other uh, Sexual minority, right? Um, unfortunately, when you look at religion, you're also looking at an expectation that everybody must be married, everybody must reproduce, uh, and if you don't, uh, there's something wrong with you. The when you look at the Victorian era, for example, the number one important factor was having a family, uh, although. In secret, there are quite a number of love affairs and diaries of women that that are still available and and some used bookstores and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. But again, we have to look at where are we headed to? Well, if it goes the way it's going right now or headed for disaster, we need to realize that, you know, every living person is a sexual being and they have their own rights, and we need to respect that rather than trying to subvert it and say, well, I belong to this religion, and I'm the only one who's right. I'm sorry, you're not right if you're judging another person who's not causing any harm.
1: So basically what we're doing is we're just we're just adding fuel to the burning fire of the problem that we're facing.
2: We are. And uh, it's it's getting worse for the simple reason that people tend to they follow rather than think. And that's what the problem is. I think we need to uh, promote the fact that people need to wake up and start learning, get an education and understand where we're going and what we need to do to improve things. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, much worse than what it is today.
1: Why is it that when we talk about the sex trade it's always the female that gets the the um yeah. yeah the negativity when if men didn't engage into the into the business that is offered by pimps as well as the sex trade industry this problem would not exist so how come with our society today the men are the heroes, and the women who are involved in the sex trade. well, they ask for it.
2: well again, unfortunately uh, we're we're looking at a society where the uh, patriarch rules the man is superior. unfortunately, that's the attitude with a lot of people, and the women are still somewhat property to be controlled. And to be abused. Uh, there are certain organizations who still promote that. And again, that's a major problem. On the other hand, we have, must begin to realize that women are, to a certain extent, superior to men. And, you know, especially it's the women who give birth to people, not right. men. Yeah. And uh, we need to respect that that uh without women the world would not exist the human race would not exist
1: in your opinion based on your expertise when it comes to sex and religion why was you know why was the fact that jesus and mary magdalene were a couple why is that being suppressed why is that being foo fooed upon and and how come the virgin mary isn't given the her rightful place in society as well, or in the, I should say, in the religious society as well.
2: Okay, that's a very interesting question because you're not only looking at uh, what was written uh, in the Bible in in regards to the Virgin Mary and uh, giving birth, a virgin giving birth. In ancient times, the word virgin uh, is was not uh, considered the same way as we look at today as virgin virginity in the ancient past meant that a woman who was incapable of conceiving if you marry a woman and within a certain framework, if she did not conceive, she would be uh, sent back to her father oh, and and again, this is the concept of what we need to look at, and the meaning of virginity. Now, in regards to the Holy Spirit... Okay, hold on. I did
1: it again. I did it again. I was paying so much attention to what you're talking about. My producer just gave me that cue again, so please stand by. (laughs) Love talking to you, Larry. Thanks for being with us. And uh, Larry and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Excel from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back. Don't go away. back, everyone. Uh, Larry Falls is our special guest, and Larry is the author of When Sex Was Religion. His website is www.whensexwasreligion.org. First of all, Larry, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and uh, thank you for the great work you're doing to help those people who really need help in Vancouver. I'm sure that a lot of people appreciate the great work you do.
2: Uh, it's great.
1: Yeah. Um, We were talking about religion, and I was asking you about, you know, how basically or why basically with the Virgin Mary um, and and Mary Magdalene were kind of dumbed down. And you were telling us that the word, the interpretation for the word virgin isn't what we think it is.
2: That's correct. That's correct. Um, You know, today... You hear people talking about virgins, but that's not originally what the meaning was. Um, You know, anybody who could not reproduce, Mm -hmm. any woman who could not reproduce when she was expected to were considered to be virgins. And it's very interesting when we talk about religion and uh, talking about the virgin mother. It's interesting because you're looking at some type of magical spirit impregnating a mortal woman
0: mm-hmm.
2: now why would some you know mysterious force or why would a holy spirit impregnate a, a, a mortal woman when they're so powerful they could reproduce themselves that's one thing that i've always been curious about also i think that uh, we need to look at what myth the, the role of myth and telling stories in that. Now when I say mythology, I'm not talking about things that are totally untrue.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Mythology in the beginning, or the creation of myth, is based on reality to a certain extent, because what they do is tell a story in a way that could be best represented in a symbolic way. So when you say the Holy Spirit, you're not talking about some old man with a beard, you know, hanging up in the clouds, looking down on people. What you're, what the mythology does is create an image, what people can clearly understand. Otherwise, they would not be able to abstract that well to understand what a spirit really is. So... When we, whenever you hear uh, myth or mm-hmm. stories, it tells a wonderful story w- which you can grasp. Otherwise, a lot of people would not be able to understand what you're talking about if you're being technical or speak in such a way that it's difficult to comprehend.
1: What I find... So in that, I'm sorry, go ahead, Larry.
2: You know, in that respect... Uh, mythology plays a very important role in understanding the past. Although there is myth, it is a story, but it does have a basis of reality that you need to analyze.
1: Something that I have always found rather unusual is the, the, the similarities between Greek mythology and Christianity. You know, you had Zeus and Helen, who had Hercules, and then you also had the 12 gods, and you've got the 12 apostles, you've got Mount Olympus, you've got heaven. It it seems that one copied the other, except when it came to the, the way that sexuality and women were revered in Greek mythology compared to the other religions.
0: Yes.
2: Um... When you look at, and we have to go back to the past again, in the very beginning of humanity, because they are the ones who created the gods or label mysterious forces as gods. Mm -hmm. For example, when you think about living in a land or in a world where there's no electricity, no television, radio, can't read, don't understand science, thunder and lightning would be a terrifying thing. So, would earthquakes. And what would happen is that the ancient people would label them as gods because of their power, some type of mysterious force yeah. at work. And that's where the term uh, spirits and gods came from. In fact, the first gods were planets, where you get the, you know, where you've Mercury, heard of Mars. Sure, yeah. The seven days, seven days of the week were based on the seven planets and they were all given names. And even in the Roman calendar, you can see the remnants of the gods of the universe based on the seven great gods, the seven planets. Mars, Venus, Jupiter, they were all gods of ancient past. You probably recognize. But that's where it originated from. Mysterious powers from from the heavens, from the sky. So this is where that all that stuff originated from.
1: I often wonder what would have happened if the Bible had not been written until today. How different it would be with the knowledge we have of all the sciences, as well as mathematics, chemistry, and so on. Would there be as many mysteries in the Bible if it had been written today?
2: I don't think there would be as many mysteries, but at the same time, there would be something else that would be just as complex. And, you know, for example, when you look at, and I'm talking about politics and Mm -hmm. religion here, because religion is a form of politics and trying to control the people. And what you would get are some new ideas, some new abstract ideas to influence the way people think. And you know when you look at intellectuals, they may think differently from the average everyday person, and they have excellent perceptions in describing things that people don't really understand and I think that it would be just as mythology would be just as strong in at that particular time as it is today with with this uh religious belief system it's only something else that take its place and as you said in the beginning it's an evolution yeah
1: after all the work you've done and all the work that you continue to do do you underst- do you better understand religion and sex now
2: um, I have a stronger uh, belief in Sex and religion, in regards to looking at where we came from um, you know without our ancestors and the importance of reproduction to replenish the earth, I think that's that's the number one priority religion aside uh we would not be here today if we did not have a father and a mother who who you became united and mm-hmm. produced us that's in that regards i think there is religion in that but i'd like to think myself as more spiritual than religious
1: we've got about two minutes left larry first of all thanks again for being with us what are your final thoughts that you'd like to share with the Exon nation tonight
2: uh my final thoughts are that uh We should all be grateful for being here on this earth, and to our great ancestors, because without their survival and their hard work to maintaining humanity, we would not be here today. So I'm always thinking about our ancestors, long before the introduction of uh, Christianity and um, Islam and all the other religions.
1: So, what's next for you, Larry? Any more books, or are you just going to keep on working to make, uh, you know, to to help with the homeless and help the prostitutes and and work as a as an advocate? Well, I think,
2: yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, I will always be working with uh, uh, people who are at a disadvantage, like uh, the prostitutes yeah. and the homeless and things like that. But at the same time, I am writing another book. I'm working on another book now.
1: And what's the other book about? Can you give us just a little bit of a teaser?
2: Um, yes. Uh, I'm not going to give it away, but uh, it is based on the most banned book in history, and it is a follow-up to When Sex Was Religion.
1: Well, we'll have to have you back on when that book is complete. I love talking to you. Uh, it's, it's so nice to have someone like yourself who was not only talking about making a difference, but is making a difference. So thank you very much for joining us, Larry.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Nice talking to you, sir. Take care of yourself and keep the great work up. Yeah. Exo Nation, my, good night, Larry. Exo Nation, my guest to this hour has been Larry Falls. Now, if you'd like to get more information about Larry, the name of his book is When Sex Was Religion, and his website is www.whensexreligion.com. Was religion.org. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Closing time.
0: Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time.